Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're about to experience a life giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we're springing forward. And we declare it's happening in every area of our lives. It's happening and the devil can't stop it. Our haters can't stop it. The enemy can't stop it. Here it is. And we can't stop it. Woo! It's already happening. It's already happening. It's already happening. It's already happening. In the building, touch three people. Tell them, say, it's already happening. Online, type it in the comments. It's already happening. You can't stop it. The devil can't stop it. Your hater can't stop it. Depression can't stop it. Anxiety can't stop it. Debt can't stop it. Drama can't stop it. Mess can't stop it. Can't nobody stop it. Say, I'm springing forward. Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series all this month is called How to Spring Forward. Why? Because God isn't stagnant nor stuck in everything. Say everything. Everything he does, everything he allows is for your movement. What is movement? It's for your change and your development. Change can happen instantaneously. Development happens in stages. And sometimes you don't see change because of how happened it, uh, how fast it happened. You didn't pay any attention to it. And for some of you, you don't even recognize how much further you are today than you were when this month started. You say, well, Bishop, I don't feel like it. Feelings are not facts. You better hear me. Sometimes you can feel like it's not doing anything, but God is always moving. Because what did I teach you last Wednesday? He is the God of movement. Uh, not only are you changing, but you're also developing. And development happens in stages. I love going to the life of the butterfly because it's one of the greatest examples of development. The butterfly has four stages in its development process. Let me see if I can make this really clear. It takes stage one, stage two, stage three to get it to stage four. Stage four is the biblical number of creativity. But let's just go here. We are in the fourth month. Now somebody. 
And for some of y'all, watch me, you're about to come out of the cocoon that you've been in, out of the chrysalis that you've been in. You're about to come out of hiding. You're about to come out of thinking you don't have what it takes and you're not good enough. And you were saying it's going to take years. No, baby, you're about to see it happen this month. Open your mouth and say it's already happening. Everything that God does, everything that God allows Wednesday night is for your movement, your change, or your development. It is also a changing of your location and your position. For some of you, this will be a physical location. Because watch me, we often call him Jehovah Jireh. Say Jehovah Jireh. But pay attention, Jireh, watch me, is not really a name of God. It is a place in God. Because when Abraham was going up on the mountain, God had told him to sacrifice Isaac, the son that he prayed for. Sometimes God will literally say to you, I want you to sacrifice what I gave you. Because I just need to know that you don't love what I give you more than you love me. And I'm so glad I'm in a room full of people tonight. And those of you that are online, where the majority of us are, you can tell your story that you know without the shadow of a doubt that you love God way more than the stuff that God could give you. Why? Because when you didn't have the stuff, you had God. Because when you didn't have the crowd, you had God. When you didn't have the people, you had God. When everybody else walked away from you, you had God. Is there anybody in here besides me that can say, I love him, 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 I love him. Would you look at somebody and say, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? You ready? So, so watch me. For some of you, for some of you, it's a change in your physical location. Jaira is a place in God. So when uh, Abraham is supposed to sacrifice Isaac, the Bible says that he walks up to the mountain. He's got the knife back, ready to sacrifice. And then an angel interrupts him and says, stop. This is why you cannot be inconsistent with church. Why? Because you may be following the last instruction, but you needed to get the new instruction. The last instruction said to sacrifice Isaac. The next instruction said, wait, don't do it. Oh, my God. For some of you, you're like, I'm so confused. You know, it's not that you're confused. You're not consistent. Because if you were consistent, you would continue to get the instructions. Because sometimes the instructions have to come in stages. Why? Because your development happens in stages. And I can't tell you what's going to happen in stage four until you get there. I can't tell you what's going to happen in stage two until you get there. So watch me. So the angel says, stop. Do not sacrifice him. For the Lord has gyred. The Lord has provided a sacrifice for you. In the ram's book of thicket, he's literally been caught up. Pay attention. The ram was coming up, and I made the ram get stuck. You'll catch it in a minute. I made your provision get stuck. I made it so your provision couldn't move, which means they couldn't get a house to nobody else but, okay. Which means they can't give the opportunity to nobody else but you. They can't. I wish you'd open up your mouth. Say, God's going to make it stick for me. It's going to. He literally made this ram get stuck so the ram could not move until Abraham got the ram. And when Abraham got the ram, he took Isaac off of the altar, put the ram on the altar, sacrificed the ram. And then Abraham makes this declaration. He says, this is Jehovah Jireh, for the Lord has provided. Pay attention. This location that I am is Jehovah Jireh because the Lord provided for me. Which means for some of you, when you get in the right places, the places are going to start providing for you. But it cannot provide for you until you get in the right place. So I pray you be in the right place at the right time. And you're about to see Jaira. Open your mouth when they say, I'm about to see Jaira. You're going to step in the city and people are going to call you. You're going to step in the building and doors are going to open. When you get in the right place at the right time, you're about to see Jaira. You don't see Jaira until you're in the place. 
You don't see Jireh until you're in the place. And for all of you who say, God, I'll trust you when I see this. I believe you when I see this. You don't see Jireh until you're on the mountain ready to sacrifice. Which means there are certain things God says, you're not going to see it until I see you. Oh, my God. And I pray that this month you would spring forward and be in the right place at the right time. And you're about to see Jireh. Make sure you're next to a person of faith. Touch him on the shoulder. Say, we're about to see Jireh. Come on, y'all. I need y'all to touch somebody. Please. Online, type it in the comments. You're about to see Jireh. You're going to be at the right car lot, and they're going to say, we're going to give you a deal that we wouldn't give to anybody else. You're going to be at the right house, and they're going to say, I don't know why, but God said, I got to give you this house. You're going to be on the right interview, and they're going to say, we interview people with more qualifications than you, but we're going to give a position to you. You are about to see China. Ready? It's, for some of you, it's going to be a change. And your location, Jireh is not a name of God. It's really a place in God. He provides in places. He created places before he created people. He created places before he created people. So when people get into the proper places, the places produce for the people. But because he's Jehovah Jireh, watch me. You're so anointed. Say, how anointed am I? Then no matter where you get, notice he always provides. <laughs> Come on, let's tell the other side of the story. Maybe you weren't in the right place and he still provided. Maybe you weren't in the right relationship and he said, I want to hear the testimony of some of y'all that can say, I wasn't in the right place, but I still saw him be my child. Come on, Wednesday, say, I'm springing forward. There's a strong anointing in the building tonight. There's a strong anointing online tonight. I got a feeling somebody's going to go home to some good news. I got a feeling somebody's going to check your email and it's going to be an answered prayer. I got a feeling you're about to get a text that's going to say done, approved, offer accepted. We're going to give you what you asked. Changing location. Some of you, it's a physical location, but for some of you, it's a location in your mind. It's not a physical location. It's where you see yourself. Many times, you don't see yourself as far as you are because you are the thing that is moving. When you're the thing that's moving, you don't feel your movement. You ever been driving and not felt like you were driving? You ever been in a plane and not felt like you were moving? It was happening so fast, I didn't feel it. And for some of you, you don't even recognize how much movement has been happening in you, through you, and around you because you are the thing that's been moving. And you may not be, come on, where you want to be. But I can look and see progress that I am not where I used to be. Baby, I'm moving. And you know what I'm doing? I'm moving on up. And I get every side, not just the east side. I got the north side. I got the south side. I got the east side. I got the west side. And I can walk it out on every side. Walk it out on every side. Let's go. Changing your location. Watch me. Or your position. Watch me. For some of you, for some of you, for some of your position, your position has been in a low place. So part of what God does sometimes to get you out of a low place. You ready? You won't move until something provokes you. So what he does and what he allows is to get movement because you're real comfy. And comfort is the opposite of change. Since he's a God of movement, this by default means he's not a God of comfort. 
You will be comfortable in the midst of change, but change won't necessarily be comfortable. You missed what I just said. So you're going to have a lot going on and you're going to be like, I'm good. And people are going to be like, how did you not lose your mind? Because he gives me peace. That's a pastor's all understand. Ain't nothing about it peaceful, but I got peace. Is there anybody in the building or online beside me? Well, you got a whole lot going on. And it may not always be peaceful, but you got peace. So that's what he does. So God says, sometimes the only way I have to allow them, you ready? Okay, this is just acting, okay? This is acting, okay? I have to allow them to kick you. To hurt you. To harm you. Because you're not going to move. So I got to allow something to piss you off. Okay, yeah. I got to allow something to aggravate you. I got to allow something that antagonizes you. I got to allow something that frustrates you with you. I want to talk to the people where lately you've been getting mad at yourself. Why? Because you're like, no, why are you acting like this? Why are you responding like this? Why are you handling it like this? Why are you doing it like this? God says, everything I do, everything I allow is to change your location or your position. Come on, open your mouth, say, I'm springing forward. So Sunday we learned that God doesn't want your money stagnant either. And I taught you, number one, we're blessed to be a blessing. Number two, I taught you, be a great sower, which is a generous giver. He gives seed to the sower, which means if you are a sower, you are always going to have seed. Some, open your mouth and say this. Say, I am a great sower. You a river, not a reservoir. Which means God can get funds through you. He can treat you like you a financial institution. And if he can treat you like you're one, then you will have money like you're one. Uh, I said, if he can treat you like you're one, you will have money like you're one. Don't you tell me that only certain people can be millionaires and billionaires. Don't you? I release. Roto, bashe, granda, bashe. I release the grace over everybody connected to harvest for your income to increase. I release a seven-figure grace over your life and not just one, but multiple. Open up your mouth, Wednesday. Say, I'm a great sower. And he gives seed to the sower. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Because number three, you have to be a great steward, which means you manage and multiply what he gives you well. I talked to you on Sunday. The Bible says money answers what? Everything. Everything is answered by money. There's certain things you don't have to pray about. You don't have a problem if you have the money to pay for it. I'm going to say it again. You don't have a problem. Everybody, I just am so worried about this. You got the money. Uh-uh. Some of y'all, your complaints have been offending heaven because God says we gave you the resources and you still complaining about the problem that you could pay to go away. It got quiet right here in the building. I need you to make this declaration and say, I'm a great sower and a great steward. And I'm blessed to be a blessing. Right? Which means what God gives you, you have to manage it and you have to multiply it. And I taught you on Sunday how literally the Bible gives this parable about this man who gave 10 people money. And only three of them we see. One of them doubles the master's money. And the other one gets a 50% profit. The other one says, I did not do anything with what you gave me. Here it is, safe and sound, because I know you don't like sloppy, lazy people. And the master says to him, well, then why would you do something so foolish and be sloppy and lazy? You could have at least invested my money in securities or put it in a bank account and got some interest. You didn't do anything. You buried what you had. And for some of you, watch me. Here's how you bury what you have. It's because it dies when it gets in your hands. Your seed is at Cherry Creek Mall. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. 
Your seed is at Linux. Come on, Linux. What do you mean? It died when it got in your hand. And instead of you releasing it, instead of you being a great sower and managing it and multiplying what you have, it died in your hand. And I pray that nothing else that you touch would die. I pray that if you touch it, you're going to take every seed that you get and you're going to multiply that seed and you're going to manage it well and you're going to see great increase in your life. I rebuke poverty off of your bloodline. I rebuke poverty out of your mentality. I declare that you will not just go along to get along. I declare that you will be the first in your bloodline that is 100% and completely, totally debt free. If you agree with what I'm praying over your life, let God know you agree. Put a praise on it right there. Go. Come on, Wednesday. Hey. Come on, say, my money will not be stagnant. So look at 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make, I love this, and God is able. But just because he's able doesn't mean it's activated. And pay attention. Uh, you can get a brand new phone. And now they got this new thing where you used to have to put the SIM cards in them. You don't have to do that no more. Now they got these eSIMs where you just get, they just, you get on the website and just say, activate the phone point is, is you got this expensive phone in your hand, but watch me, but it doesn't work until you activate it, which means you can try to get outgoing calls, but you're not going to be able to get them to go out until it's activated. And for some of you, hear me, this is going to be the month where you activate 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace. This means every favor, an earthly blessing. What is favor? Preferential treatment, which means, watch me, the Bible says every favor. Say every favor. Which means anybody I need to treat me better than they treat everybody else, my giving will unlock that. So you'll be somewhere and they'll give you a level of service they don't give to anybody else. Why? Because when I'm a faithful giver, every favor, which means God will make people that don't even like me. He will make somebody that wanted to fire you have to give you a promotion. He will make somebody that wanted you to go down be the reason you come up. Shout every favor. And God is able to make every favor an earthly blessing, which means this is not just spiritual. The Bible says every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. I need you to prophesy with your arms. Say, come here. Now, I need you to say that with authority, please. But what do you mean prophesy with my arms? Literally, what you speak is prophetic, which means it's foretelling and foretelling. But what you do is prophetic. And I need you to get yourself in a position where you are receiving, watch me, abundance. Do it one more time. Put your arms out and say, come here. Every favor and every earthly blessing. He says, and you will have those in abundance, which means don't just say, I'm good, I don't need anymore. You selfish Christian, you. It is not just about you having what you need. You are blessed to be a blessing, which means you need more than what you need so you can be a blessing to somebody else. You need enough so you can walk down a 16th Street Mall and say, you get a house and you get a house and you get a house. and You You need enough so you can go to a woman's shelter and say, I just took care of every woman's... You need enough so you can go into a men's shelter and say, I just took care of every need in the building. Open your mouth say, I need abundance. So that you will always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need. Here's the next part of the verse. He says, regardless of the need, you'll have complete sufficiency in everything. Listen to the absolute nature of these words. I want you to listen to these. These are absolutes. What does he mean? What does this mean? If I activate it, this is an absolute. Which means this isn't even an act of faith anymore. You missed it. This isn't even an act of faith anymore. This is a guarantee. See, faith is stepping out on a risk. Being a sower has a guarantee. I will. 
Let me prove it to you. Listen to what the scripture says. That you will have complete sufficiency. Say, I will lack nothing. Say, I won't need anybody else's help to get it done. You ain't going to need a co-signer. You ain't going to need a partner to come in on the deal with you. You're not going to need somebody else to come in there and make it happen. You will have complete sufficiency. Listen to what the Bible says. In everything. Say, that's an absolute. Which means there'll be no area of your life where there is any lack that can be detected. You will be completely self-sufficient in him. Your days of asking people are about to come. Okay. Your days of wondering if somebody going to help you out are coming to their conclusion. I want to speak prophetically to some of y'all. Watch me. You're about to do what the generation before you didn't do. And you're not going to need anybody to lend you no down payment. You're going to have it your... Wednesday, please open your mouth. Say, I will have complete sufficiency and have an abundance for every good work and every act of charity. So let me run this back. 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 You will always... Under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance. That's ten absolutes. Ten is the number of divine perfection, which means when I'm a sower, everything about my life going to be right. Your body going to be right, your money going to be right, your spirit going to be right, your mind going to be right. You cannot block somebody that is a faithful sower. Verse 10. Now, he who provides seed for the sower, which means God says, now, I'm only going to trust you with seed if I know you're a sower. So for those that say, I have nothing to sow, number one, you do. But don't be mad that he doesn't trust you with more than another. It's because he needs to see that he can trust you with the seed he's given you. If you can't be trusted with tens, you're not getting hundreds. If you can't be trusted with hundreds, you're not getting tens of thousands. If you can't be trusted with tens of thousands, you're not getting hundreds of thousands. I need you to elbow your neighbor and say, we're getting at your level now. If you can't be trusted with millions. I just heard the Lord. He said he's about to release three new millionaires in harvest this year. Oh, I wish I could get you to praise God. I heard him loud and clear while I was standing there. He said, I'm about to do it for three harvesters, and I'm going to do it this year. They're about to go from overlook to overbook. Open your mouth Wednesday, please. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Wow. Now, he who provides seed for the sower will provide and multiply your seed for what? For what? Shopping. Women be shopping. You cannot stop a woman from shopping. He, he will multiply your seed for eating. He will multiply. I like to eat too. Uh, he will multiply your, your seed for helping everybody else. He will multiply your seed for getting new debt. No. He said, I'm going to multiply your seed for sowing. Watch me. Your resources. Which means God says this is inclusive of money, but it's bigger than money. Everything I give you, sow it to me. Everything I give you, don't be stingy with it. Everything I give you, don't, don't make me have to come get it up off of you. Give it up willingly. 
Why? Verse 11. Say, this is my verse. You will be wealthy. In every way. So for those of you who say it's just about money, oh no, this is bigger than money. Because why have money and you crazy? Why have money and your circle is a bunch of losers and weirdos? Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Why have money and your life is a miserable wreck? Say in every way I'll be wealthy. So that you can be generous in every way. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. He says, I'm gonna make sure you are wealthy in every way so you can be generous in every way. So when somebody else needs joy, don't be mad. Everybody always coming to me for an encouraging word. Hey, 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 this is why he gave you joy. Everybody always coming to me for answers. This is because you're supposed to be generous with answers. If you get stingy with the little business you know, God says, I ain't going to give you no more. And frankly, if you got to be stingy with what you have, you ain't got that much in the first place. I need you to lay your hands on yourself say, I'll be wealthy in every way. So you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. So here's why God says, I want you to do it. God says, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be a giver because I want people not to give you the glory. I don't want people to look at you and see you. I want them to give great praise to God. Can you look at a person on your left and your right? Look at a person on your left and your right. Look at a person on your left and your right. Everybody look at a person on your left and your right and say, my next praise is to celebrate your new wealth. Great praise. Uh-uh, Wednesday, that's cute praise. The Bible said great praise to God. Great praise to God. Somebody say, and I'll be wealthy in every way. Tell somebody, say, you'll be wealthy in every way. So here it is. So today's message, today's message. Let me connect the dots. Today's message is called springing out of hurt. Why? Because, hear me, everything in our lives should be profitable. Not just our money, but even our hurt and pain. Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your redeemer. He's your purchaser. Which means he bought you. Which means for everybody, I just want to live my life. Look at me. You've been purchased. Which means you don't get to Let me buy something and it tell me what it's going to do. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Let, let you go buy a coat and the coat say, I ain't feeling like being worn today. It's not a season for me to be worn. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, Wednesday. That's me. That's me. Let me buy a car and the car say, mm -mm, I ain't feeling it today. But how many times do Christians tell this to the Lord who has purchased them? Which means you are bought with a price. You are not your own. You don't get to tell the owner what you're going to do, when you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And the moment you begin to tell the owner what you're going to do, when you're going to do, how you're going to do it, sometimes the owner has to put you in time out to teach you lessons. And for some of you all, hear me, your time out is about to end. Why? Because God says you finally got the lesson that your life is not about you. It took you had to go through a lot of hell. You had to lose a lot. You had to get oops upside your head. You had to get into some bad relationships. But I needed you to find out I bought you with a price and you are not your own. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, God, I'm yours. 
and he wants all of you, head to toe, side to side, body, yada, yada, and everything. He wants you, your mistakes, your idiosyncrasies, your nuances. He wants you, your insecurity. Well, Bishop, what about this? He wants that too. Well, Bishop, what about this? He wants that too. Bishop, I struggle with that. He wants that too. He said, I bought you and I bought all of you. And I don't care if other people throw you away. I don't care if other people don't want you. I want me some you. This is why we are living sacrifices. Genesis through Malachi, they make sacrifices. Jesus comes, we are the sacrifice. Ready? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you, who teaches you, which means this is personal, which means God says your path is not going to look like everybody else's path. So the worst thing you could do is compare your life to somebody else's because I'm teaching them when I'm teaching them and I'm teaching you when I'm teaching you. In other words, God says, I'm their purchaser. You don't tell me what to do with them. And I'm your purchaser. And ain't nobody going to tell me what to do with you. Let's go here. I'm so glad God doesn't consult other people about what he's doing with you. Because had he consulted other people, they would have said, she messed up. She don't deserve this. He messed up. He doesn't deserve this. He failed. He doesn't deserve this. But God says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do with you. And I'm going to do with them what I'm going to do with them. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. What does this mean? To gain profit. Here is the line. Or benefit. Say benefits. Benefit. To set you forward versus your setback. To do good. Even if good wasn't done to you. To be and to have. Who leads you, say your name, by the way you should go. So what does this mean? God says, this profit thing is not just about money. It's inclusive of money. But this profit thing includes hurt and pain. And I'm going to introduce you to two individuals tonight so I can show you how they sprung for it. So you can see how you're going to spring for it. How many of you right now, in the last four months, you've experienced something that was painful or hurt you? All right, everybody look at me. Life is a contact sport. If you're not taking hits, you ain't playing it right. Matter of fact, if you're not taking hints, hint, hint, you're not in the game, you're on the bench. And for some of y'all watch me, you work so hard to just get suited and never play. And this is why you always talk about how tired you are and how busy you are, yet you don't have any uh, yards to it that you've accumulated because you ain't ran the ball because you were afraid to get hit. You didn't block because you were afraid to get hit. You didn't throw because you were afraid to get hit. I pray that tonight, everything the devil has used to keep you scared of being hurt, oh God, and scared of being painful, that thing is about to break off of you tonight. I heard the Lord loud and clear. The breaker's about to hit the building. The breaker's about to hit online. Lift your hands, and when I count to five, everything that the enemy had you afraid of, whether it was hurt or pain, that's about to be broken. One, two, three, four, here it is, five, break, 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 break. Tell somebody close to you, say the breaker is here and that's broken off of your life right now. Online, type it in the comments right now, 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 right now. Shout, it's broken. Now watch me. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Is this that easy? Look at me. You don't want to make it hard. Stuff with God is not hard. It doesn't mean that it's not complex. It's just not hard. The Lord says, behold, I am the Lord. Is there anything too hard? 
to me. Which means this is not hard. You're the one that makes it difficult because you feel, well, I just need 14 steps of this, and I need 32 steps of this, and I need 14 weeks of this. And all of that's nice, and time is good. But how much more time are you going to spend healing over the same thing? How much time are you going to spend healing over the same thing? How many more doctor visits you got to have over the same issue? How many more ring around the roses we got to have over the same doggone issue? I came to announce to somebody tonight, watch me. The enemy should have got you when he had your mind last week. Oh God, but it's too late now. Because whatever he had you afraid of and heard of pain, shout the breakers here. What does that mean, Bishop? That he is the God that has the ability to break into pieces things that attach themselves to you. Things that lodge themselves in your subconscious. Things that lodge themselves in your psyche. Because many of you, you don't even see yourself the way that you are. You see yourself through the lenses of your hurt and your pain. So consequently, you've never shown up. Your pain did. You've never shown up. Your hurt did. We haven't met the real you yet. For many of you, why? Because we only met the you that was protecting themselves. Preach, Bishop. <laughs> And the truth is, there's an amazing person in there, but you got so much stuff on you that has to be broken. This is why people have bad attitudes. The breaker needs to meet her. This is why people are difficult to deal with. They need the breaker. This is why people are inconsistent. They need the breaker. This is why people don't do things they ought to do. They need the breaker. And I just said to you a few moments ago, 1 Samuel 3.19, and the Lord was with the man of God and did not let one of his words fall to the ground that whatever the enemy was using against you to have you afraid of pain and hurt, I need you to say it with authority online. You type it in all caps, say, and it is broken. Let me introduce you to these two people and let's go. Number one, say hurt. You're all going to hurt. We're all going to hurt. You can't avoid hurt. You can't avoid it. You are going to be hurt after today. Spoiler alert. You're going to have somebody that you think should do you right who won't. Spoiler alert. You're going to have somebody where you go all in for and they won't cross the street for you. Spoiler alert. You're going to have somebody that you think you really connect with who is going to go and tell all your business to somebody else. Spoiler alert, you are going to have people who are not as loyal to you as you are to them. Spoiler alert, but guess what? It's all good. Why? Because I ain't afraid of it. Which means you can't threaten me with something I don't fear. Mm. Please open your mouth and say, I'm not afraid of hurt or pain. Uh -uh, Wednesday, say it with authority. Please, can you get a little bass in your voice? Get a little bass in your voice like you had to fight when you were a little kid. Say, I'm not afraid of hurt or pain. So let me show you this. This is an interesting one, this first one. You ready? Um, in Genesis 8 and 5, you see the man Noah. Now, Bishop, where did Noah get hurt? Let me show you. Oh, I know you're going to go, Bishop, his son that uncovered him. Nope. I'm going to give you revelation that you've never seen. The Bible says in the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So what has happened? The earth has now flooded. 40 days, 40 nights. The Bible says that it rains and the aquifers under the earth begin to open. So that means it is rain from the, uh, the sky. It is water coming from the ground, which means he is being overwhelmed. The earth is being overwhelmed. But the Bible says that later, somebody say later, the tops of the mountains were seen. The, the mountain that they were at was a mountain named Ararat. Say Ararat. You ready? Here's the revelation. The mountain where the ark that Noah had built ends up, ends up in a place that in Hebrew means pain, sorrow, and hurt caused me to be great. Please go with me a little bit more quickly. Come on. See, watch me. The mountain where his ark landed 
landed on a mountain, which means pain, sorrow, and hurt caused me to be great. You want to know what's going to make you great? It is not your good moments. What's going to make you great is the pain, the sorrow, and the hurt you had to go through. Watch me. And you survive. Up. Let's have a commercial break. For every person in the building and online where you've ever survived anything, I'm going to give you three seconds to just release a survivor's praise. Three. Two. And I survived it. Type that in the comments. And I survived it. You survived molestation. You survived abandonment. You survived rape. You survived being rejected. You survived people walking out on you. And not only did you survive, it's about to make you great. You ready? Jesus said the greatest among you will be servants, which means the other way to be great is suffering. Where y'all at? Watch me. One way to be great is to serve. Another way to be great is to suffer. Third way to be great is to sow, which means there's an S on your chest, but the S on your chest is suffering and sowing and serving. See, the reason you're a superwoman is because you know how to sow and suffer and serve. <laughs> the reason you're a superman is because you know how to serve and to serve and to suffer all at the same time and make it look good. I need you to encourage the person next to you so you make it look good. <laughs> so the mountain, the mountain that he ends up on is called pain, sorrow, and hurt. Calls me to be great. Which means the flood forced Noah to the mountaintop. What is the mountain a metaphor for? Achieving the best. Let me tell you how God moves you to the top. Pain, hurt, sorrow. It forced him. Watch me. When the earth flooded, what happened to the ark? It began to rise. I don't like your silence. So you're like, oh my God, it's a flood happening in my life. Lord Jesus, it's a flood. But God is like, but you rising. <laughs> but you rising. But you rising. I know you're tired of touching your neighbor, but I don't care. Touch three people say, but you rising. Online tag somebody, but you rising. Yeah, they lying, but you rising. They trying to scandalize your name, but you rising. Come on, Atlanta, you rising. Come on, Galen, you rising. Come on, Miami, you're rising. Come on, Los Angeles, you are. So the more water, the more it rose. The more, the more drama, the more it rose. God let it get so bad that, look at me, that his boat is at the top of a mountain. You're not listening. God let it get so bad. Somebody said, how bad did it get? That his boat automatically rises to where it's on top of a mountain. You're not listening. You're not listening, Linda. You're not listening, Linda. For some of y'all, God let certain stuff get so bad. You didn't even pay attention to the movement because you were rocking and shaking and shaking and rocking and rocking and shaking and shaking and rocking and rocking and shaking and shaking you didn't even pay attention to the fact that you were rising are you listening to me you you didn't even pay attention because you in the boat so you can feel the fact that the boat was rising because you know what you kept hearing on the boat 
What's that? Bodies. Preach this thing, Bishop Kevin Fuller. What's hitting the boat? Bodies are hitting the boat. Those that weren't in the ark are now hitting the boat. And for some of you, the devil wanted to distract you with other people's mess, other people's drama, other people's baggage, other people's issue. So you were distracted by the bodies hitting the ark. But I pray your distractions are about to come to their conclusion. Come on, open your mouth say, I'm springing forth. 40 days of flooding from above and below. 40 days of flooding from above and below. It took 150 days to abate for the water to recede. Pay attention, which means it took longer to heal than it did to hurt. See, the lie was a second, but you're still dealing with it. The cheating was a couple of minutes. You're still dealing with it. You ready? You ready? Finding out that who you said your circle was was really a cage. Took seconds. But, but it took 150 days to abate. It took longer to heal than it did to hurt. Ask me. Say, but I'm springing out of it. Say it again. Say, but I'm springing out of it. Can, can you say it one more time so that your hurt hears you? So that it knows not to start then with you after church? Say, but I'm springing out of it. So here's Genesis 8 and 20. So Noah, after they exit the ark, Bible says, Genesis 8 and 20. Just for a moment, let's just play with the numbers. 8, new beginning, 2, witness. 20, half of a wilderness, which means you cut the time in half. Y'all don't want to play with me. Don't play with me tonight. Elbow somebody say, you're about to cut the time in half. You're... Yeah, it was supposed to take you until December. You're going to get it done before this quarter. Hey, before this quarter is over. Let's go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. It says, Noah built an altar to the Lord. And he offered burnt offerings to the Lord. Noah builds this altar. So he hurt. He hurt. Right? You didn't even know that that's the revelation behind the flood. Noah exits the, the ark. He builds an altar to the Lord, him and his sons, and they offer burnt offerings to the Lord. Say they sacrifice. Yeah. And look at Genesis 9 and 1. As a result of how they handle the hurt, here's their spring for it. And the Lord, Genesis 9 and 1, and the Lord blessed Noah. And his sons. Watch me. When did that happen? After they survived the hurt. What if I told you that the way you handle your hurt determines how big you're going to be? Come on, y'all. We're almost done. I just need you to encourage somebody next to you. Please, why do I have you touch your neighbor? Matthew 18, wherever two or three touch agreeing on anything, it shall be done for them. Why do I have you say so much? Proverbs 18, 21. It says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. I need you to touch your neighbor and say this and say this loud and say this clear to them. Say, because of how you handle the hurt? You're about to get blessed. Big time. Woo! Woo! Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let me introduce you to one more guy. One more guy. Say one more guy. Come on, say one more guy. You know him, you know him by his street name, Job. 
His name is Job. So here's Job. Job, over a course of two days, not back to back, which sometimes it almost feels like it would be better if it happened back to back. But sometimes God will give you a break so that you can recover from one break. Sometimes God will give you a break so you can recover from one breaking. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that he knows how much I can bear. And sometimes he'll be like, wait a minute, hold up on that because they ain't, uh -huh, just don't do that yet. Wait a minute. So day one, Job loses several things. All of his children pass away. He loses lots of his belongings. The Bible says that day, Job falls to his knees and he worships. You think that that would be it. You say, God, hasn't he had enough? Now, for some of you, this is what you're saying. You're saying, God, haven't I had enough? Problem is, is that, Job, if I give you double, you can't have one instance of hurt. I'll back it up and replay the tape. I'll back it up and replay the tape. Job, what you want for you is insufficient for what I want for you. I'm into your movement, and you've begun to get comfortable, and you're settling, Job. You're settling because of how well you're doing. The Bible says that there was not a man like Job in all of the land of Uz. He was the greatest in his land. And for some of you, watch me, you have become the greatest that you could be at that level. So to level up, you, he has to allow you to experience hurt and pain. Why? Because how's your art going to rise? It's got a flood. Day two. Somebody say day two. I'm literally almost done. Day two. And day two for Job, watch what happens. Day two. Now, this isn't consecutive dates. It just says, and there was another day. We don't know the span of time in between. So Job could have, can you just for a moment, if you would, go in your spiritual imagination with me down the road called the life of Job, and just for a second imagine that Job was finally starting to heal from the first hurt. That Job was finally starting to feel good from the first hurt. Job was finally starting to feel like he was bouncing back from the first hurt. He was finally starting to come out the house again. He was finally starting to talk again. He was finally starting to worship again. He was finally starting to trust again. And then the Bible says, and there's another meeting in the heavenlies. Satan walks in. He walks into the meeting. I really want to see one of these meetings in my mind. I don't want to go, personally. I just want to see it. See what these meetings because the archangels walk in. They used to be called the sons of God, which coincidentally is the reason why Satan hates you. It's because you and I took his title. The archangels were referred to as the sons of God, and then God made us, and then we became the sons of God. And so Satan looks at us and says, well, why do you love him? Why do you respect him? We were here before him. This is why he hates you because you replaced him. So every time you worship God, you remind him of who he can't be no more. Every time you call him father, you remind him that he can't call him that no more. Because you've been made an angel, which is a servant, no longer a son. We are the sons of. And you sitting here talking about, I think I'm going to try Islam. I wish you would. You are a son of the most high God. I wish you would toss some infinity stones and in my energy. Baby, bye. You're consulting stars when I can go to the God that makes them. got infinity stones on your hand when I can go to the God that makes the stone? Y'all ready? Okay, so, so, so there's another meeting. So there's another meeting. So, they, so Satan walks into the meeting. He's probably late. He walks into the meeting. The Lord says, where you been? Uh, going to and fro on the earth. He says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Satan probably feels like it's Groundhog Day because he's like, didn't we have this conversation a few months ago? 
And for some of you, this is how you feel. Didn't I deal with this? A few months ago? Didn't, did, didn't, I, didn't I already deal with this a few months ago? He says, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him? He says, one time you incited me against him. And what's interesting is what the Lord says to Satan. He says, you incited me against him, but it was the Lord that brought Job's name up. Which means, which means, which means that God, God literally suggests Job, brings Job's name up. See, your name is going to be brought up, but you just don't get to control the rooms that it's brought up in. He brings his name up, and, and, then, and then he says, you incited me against him. You told me he was going to curse me. But you know what's crazy is after everything I let you pay attention, let you pay attention, let you pay attention, allowed you to do, he falls to his knees and he worships. Here's what the Lord, this is in my sanctified imagination. He's like, I got you. Joe Mark behind. Mark is an urban colloquialism that means one whom I don't enjoy. He says, I'll tell you what. Have you considered him? He says, does Job fear God for nothing? He said, let me touch his body. Let me touch his health. Let me touch his life. See, that was stuff he had. Those were people he loved. But if you let me get him, he's going to curse you to your face. The Lord says, behold. Everything that he has is in your hands, including his body. He says, but you cannot kill him, which means any test you go through, there are limitations that God has put on the test to make sure that you come out of the test and you pass it. Here's why I need you to worship God. Satan cannot just do what he wants to do. Anything that he does, he has to get a permission slip to do it. And if God gives him permission, it's for God's glory and for my good. Say it's for God's glory and for my good. So watch Job. Watch Job in the middle of his breakdown. Because after all of this happens, Job's wife says to him, you should just curse God and die. Which illustrates the importance of the point of making sure that you pick right. Because if you don't pick the right person, they will feed you death when you need life. They will feed you curse when you need blessing. They will tell you to give up when all you needed was somebody to say, go baby, go baby, go baby, go. Go, go, go. So Job, in the middle of his breakdown, here's what he says. Three of his friends come to visit him. We're done. Three of his friends come to visit him. How many? Three of his friends come to visit him. And God gets kind of ticked with them because they say some stuff to Job that God was like, I didn't say that. And you said it like I said it, but I didn't say it. You have to be careful when you're in the midst of hurt who you hear. Because they will end up distracting you from what really needs to happen. So Job 16 and 14, he breaks me with wound upon wound. He runs at me like a warrior. He breaks me. What does this mean in Hebrew? 
Every time God allows something to break you, look at the screen, it causes breakthrough. Which means, you say, God, I need a breakthrough. So you want to know how he answers that prayer? Let me run at you like a warrior. And when you get, no, I need you to run like, okay, yeah, okay, let's go, okay. Okay, that's okay, we're going to run the same one more time. We're going to run the same one more time. Okay, action. Okay, ready, 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 ready. Now, it breaks you. But what breaks you ends up making you break through. Y'all not missing, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, it was good for me. You know why you pray like you do? Because it broke you. You know why you worship like you do? Because it broke you. You know why you're in church tonight on a Wednesday? It broke you. You know why you give God glory? It broke you. You know why you worship like you do? It broke you. You know why can't nobody turn you away from God? It broke you. But when it broke you, it's what calls your break. It's what calls your breakthrough. Let's go. It causes breakthrough. Look at the next two. Growth and increase. So look at me. When, look at me, look at me Wednesday. When God wants to bring growth, when God wants to bring increase, you ready? He sends pain and hurt. I'm going to throw this mic. And you're going to buy me a new one. Wednesday, Wednesday. You say, Lord, I want to grow. He says, okay. I'm going to run at you like a warrior. But I'm going to cause breakthrough. I'm going to cause growth. You prayed for increase. You know what he releases? Hurt and pain. Because every time something breaks you, it causes breakthrough, growth, and increase. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I don't want to pray for growth, breakthrough, growth, and increase. See, here's the deal. Because he's the God of movement, it's built into the plan. So you might as well know how the plan is working so that you don't get mad at the plan, but you embrace the plan. You see what I'm saying? Like, I can deal with it if you just let me know why I got to deal with it. <laughs> and for some of y'all, that's all you needed. God, I just needed a why. I just needed to know why you didn't stop it. Why you didn't block it. Why did you let me date them? Why did you let me marry them? Why didn't you interrupt? I just needed a... He says, he breaks me with wound upon wound. So, so now you're going to be Job. So watch me, here's day one wound, boom. And while you healing from that, he's like, okay, oh, you feeling good? <laughs> oh, are you feeling good? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Ah! <laughs> and listen to what I'm saying. And some of you, it comes in a sequence. Because certain days, you just notice that it's a little heavier than it is than others. Certain moments you just notice that it's a little heavier than it is with others. When you get around certain people, you just notice that it's a little bit more intense than others. When you get in certain states of your life, it just feels a little heavier than others. For some of you, when it gets late in the midnight hour, you just notice that it's a little heavier than others. He breaks me with wound upon wound. Everybody stand in the building in the line. He breaks me with wound upon wound. Look at me. He runs at me like a warrior. No, go go back down, Joe. You ain't up yet you about to be just like everybody else you ready he runs at me like a warrior so, so watch Job's imagery he says he, wound upon wound he's breaking me he's running at me but runs in Hebrew means he guards me 
which means he'll let them hurt you. Then he'll get in front of you and say, back up, that's enough. Is there anybody in this building or online besides me where you've watched somebody hurt you and wound you and then God step in and say, now back up. He runs at me. He guards me like a warrior. Somebody say, he's guarding me. While you're going through your healing, while you're going through your breakthrough, your growth, your increase, he stands in front of you and says, now don't nobody mess with him. Don't nobody touch him. What you didn't even recognize is the moments you said you felt alone, you weren't. You were just under guard. The moments you felt like, God, I'm so alone. God says, no, you're not. I got you healing. And to heal, I can't have everybody in the hospital room. And to heal, I can't have everybody around you. So I'm guarding you. I'm not letting certain people call you. I'm not letting certain people DM you. I'm not letting certain people get around you. There are certain conversations I won't let you have because I'm your guard. Look at me. But he runs at me. He guards me. That's what it means. Like a warrior. Say a warrior. So he's guarding you, but he's not guarding you like you're a victim. He's guarding you like you're a champion and a chief. So while he's guarding you, y'all ever watch them? Um, I, I don't look at UFC and stuff like that, so I don't know nothing about that. What I know about, if you want me to keep it 100, last fight I watched was Holyfield and Tyson. <laughs> and I told everybody now, so it's too late. You ready? I don't know about this UFC and all. It's too much. You know, I look at it and say, they're just fighting. I said, well, look, that, they're just fighting. I said, he fighting him like he a guy off the street. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You ready? Everybody look at me. Watch me. Watch me. Here it is. He's, he's running at me, and he guards me like a warrior, which means while he's guarding me, he turns around. Get up. Get up. Get up. The enemy's got the count going, but you're not going to stay down. The enemy's got the count going, but I need you to get up. And while you're struggling to get up, he turns around and guards you. Uh-uh, back up. I'm not going to let that affect them the way that it used to affect them. He turns around and says, you're a champion. You're my son. You're my daughter. And every now and then you're going to stumble. Every now and then you're going to fall. Every now and then you're going to feel like I can't. And he's going to say, you're a champion. You're a chief. I'm coming at you like the warrior that you are. I'm coming at you like the champion that you are. I need you to get up. I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder. Say, I need you to get up. Online, type it in the comments. I need you to get up. Come on, prophesy to somebody. Say, you are a champion. Say, you are a chief. Say, you are a warrior. You are mighty. And then all of a sudden, God says, now look at you. Now look at you. Dust your shoulders off. Dust your clothes off. It's your time to spring forward. It's your time to spring. It's your time to spring. Come on. It's my time to spring. Say, it's my time to spring. Watch. Wait, wait, wait. So God, okay, I survived it. I made it. That's good, right? No. I haven't paid you back yet. 
Well, I got in a bad relationship and I'm about to pay you back every day that you were with that assassinator. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. That's a Memphis word. I'm about to pay you back. Please, I know you're tired of your neighbor, but your neighbor needs your encouragement right now. In the building, on the line, touch him. Say, God's about to pay you back. That's his hurt. Well, watch it springing out of her. Job 42 and 1. Then, I, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Look at me. I didn't know that until I went through that. So you keep that. I'm on a relationship with God. God says, great. Let's have a relationship. So you're going to know me and the fellowship of my suffering. But you also going to know me in the power of my resurrection. I, I know that you can do everything. Lift your hands, Wednesday. Say, he can do everything. Come on, in the building, end the line. Say, he can do everything. Look at, this, look at this, verse 2. I know that you can do everything. Verse 3. I was saying some stuff, God, I didn't understand. I had to go through hurt and pain, though, to see that I didn't know what I was talking about. Because it's easy for me to say this and to say that and to say this and to say that. But I didn't really know that I didn't know what I was talking about. Until I went through hurt, until I went through pain. You ready? Verse 5. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Which means all that giving I was doing, I did it because I was taught. All that praying I was doing, I did it because I was taught. He said, all of that worshiping I was doing, I did it because Bishop said, lift your hands and do it for five seconds. Until I was hurt and I had no choice but to do it. You ready? I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, shout now. But now my eyes see you. In other words, I didn't see you until I suffered. I didn't know you until I suffered. Verse 6, therefore I abhor myself. He's like, I'm looking back, God. And the reason this thing took 40 chapters wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of you, God. I've been blaming you. I've been blaming my mama, my daddy, my cousin, my uncle, the dog, the frog, the hog. I've been blaming everybody else. But the truth is, the reason this lasted 40 chapters is because of me. So I repent. Lift your hands when they say, Lord, I repent. He said, I repent in dust and ashes. He said, he said, God, this is me. I, I made this worse because of how I chose to handle it. But today, come on, Wednesday, we have to go. But open your mouth and say, but today. Say it again, but today. If you were to keep on reading this, and I don't have this, but just listen to me. It's not on the screen, but just listen to me. The Bible says that God tells Job to do something crazy. You ready? He said, now, the friends that hurt you after your initial hurt, because you had your two days of hurt, 
Then these, how many friends? These three friends? They added to your hurt? He said, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. Job. Pray for them. You want to know what the hardest part was? That. You want me to pray for these? You want me to pray for them? And the Bible says, and when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord said, Job, you didn't just get out of that. Let me pay you back. All that seed you had that was suffering, I'm going to give you not just one. <laughs> I'm going to give you twice as much. Job, it's going to be so much you're going to need. You're going to need to make sure you can carry it all. In the building and online say, and I would pray for every person that caused me hurt or pain. Father, you ready? This is going to hurt a little bit. Say, Father, I forgive them. Say, and I release it to you. I release all hurt, bitterness, pain, and unforgiveness right now. That's no longer my issue. I put a period on it. I let it go. I'm springing out of hurt. I'm springing out of hurt. In Jesus' name. Now put a praise on it right there. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. I'm springing out of hurt. I'm springing out of hurt. Springing out of hurt. Here's the scripture. I didn't have it for you, but they got it. Here it is. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. Look at the Bible. I love the Bible. The Bible is so hood. When he had prayed, when he had prayed for his friends, Job, it took so long because I was waiting on you to prove that you were really over it because you could pray for them. And if you read the story, the Bible says once Job prayed, then God did what he did. He said, when you pray for your enemies, it heaps hot coals on their head. So after Job prayed, the next verse says, and then the Lord goes over to his friends. Because the Lord says, I'm ready to judge you for what you did to Job. And it's only going to be his prayers that make me suffer you another day in the earth. Then the Bible says that people started bringing Job money. People started bringing Job presents. People started showing up to bless him. Can I get you to go to three people that you haven't already touched yet? In the building online, you put it in the comments. Go to three people you haven't already touched yet. Just touch their hands and say, you're about to see people bring things to you. Come on, online, type it in the comments. Go to three people you haven't already gone to. Please follow my instructions. Please follow my instructions. Bible says that they brought them pieces of money and gave them rings of gold. Hallelujah.
Tonight, with your heads bowed and eyes closed in this building and online, as you stand with me, we're going. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord to be sure tonight's your night. When I count to three, you do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. In the building or online, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three, if that's you, put that hand up wherever you're at. In the building or online, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord to be sure. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. I am yours. You are my redeemer. You purchased me. My life is yours. I say yes to what you want. In Jesus' name. You just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord. Take your phone out. Text Harvest to 55498 or scan the QR code that's on the screen. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Every day my employees get scam emails. I wanted to protect my business and clients, so I checked out CISA's Secure Our World. They've got four simple ways we can protect our businesses from online threats. Learn more at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.